guys. I am not feeling 10 out of 10, but we've got to record this podcast episode. So here we are. We're staying here. Maybe this will put me in a better mood. You could probably sound like I've probably sound all like I've been crying. I feel like I could literally, oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh, I'm going to have to stop. Okay, we're back. Brief intervention to have an emotional breakdown, but it's fine. We're moving through the pain. It will be fine. Literally nothing major wrong has happened. I just fucking hate the London market and sometimes it just gets really stressful and a bit overwhelming and everything just gets too much and that is today. You'll hear on the Q&A podcast that I'm going to post next Wednesday, I really thought I had this property, like properly thought I had it Um, because the guy was like, yeah, it's not all about money for me. Like I really want someone who's going to love this property and really look after it nicely and everything. And I was like, that's a genuine nice person. Brilliant. You are my saving grace. Well, yeah, he lied. He absolutely lied. And I don't blame him. Like if someone's going to offer you, they're not offering like 40 or 50 quid more. People are offering 500 pounds more. So, I mean, everyone would take that extra money, wouldn't they? But, like, oh, it's so stressful. It's so stressful. And I feel like I've been in this hyper-tense state for, like, a good month now. And honestly, every time... I don't know why. Every time I know I'm not going to get the house as well. I Like, I don't know why I even expect it anymore. But I really kind of just thought, well, maybe... Maybe this is the one because he seems like such a nice guy and we got on so well with him and he was like, you guys would literally be the perfect tenants but someone's offered me an offer I can't really refuse so I'm afraid I'm going to have to go with them and I was like, oh, I fully understand why you did that but I really fucking wish you didn't but it is what it is and I'm trying not to cry about it. I literally just came into my room and had a full-on sob about it all. Anyway, this is probably not the happy podcast you were joining for but it's honest couldn't fault me for being honest. It's just so annoying. Really kind of upsetting. I just my I just wanted to get it sorted before I go to Bali because I don't want to be worrying about it. And honestly, it makes me feel so stressed because like I I can't compete. I can't compete with people who are offering three thousand pounds for a two thousand five hundred pound hat price like we already offered above that we offered like two thousand six hundred pounds we offered like it was already above the asking price we were like we offered to move in early than we wanted to like it was max budget and we increased our max budget and it's just it's just so stressful and upsetting because it almost feels like you can't win like there's not really a win situation in this you know like i'm trying so hard to find good properties and stay positive with it all and everyone's like you will find somewhere it will be fine I'm like I know I will find somewhere and I know it will be fine but it just pisses me off that that's even a thing that we're having to wait that that, why are you bidding on these properties if you can afford a three thousand pound house then bid on the three thousand pound ones do you know what I mean I feel like a lot of people who have like loads and loads of money their houses have all been taken, so now they're trickling down into the houses that are meant for people who can't afford the super, super expensive ones, and they're taking all of those, and it's just like, eh. I think that's what, is that what gentrification is called? I feel like that's what it is, but I could be wrong, I'm going to Google that now. Okay, gentrification actually means something different. It means the process whereby the character of a poor urban area is changed by wealthy people moving in, improving housing, attracting new businesses, often displacing the current inhabitants in the process. Okay, that's a totally different thing. Um... But now we all know something new. I knew the word. I just wasn't really ever sure of its like exact meaning. I thought it meant displacing, like displacing different um, areas, like displacing the people who used to live there. So they had to live somewhere else and increasing house prices. But it's actually more to do with changing the character, which is um, interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, getting beside the point. At least I'm getting slightly distracted. I just, I just feel a bit sad about it all. 
because I just feel like every time I talk, right, I'm not sure whether I should just talk about this because it's just going to make me feel sad. It's just, it's just ruining the entire experience for me. Every time I try something new, every time I do something, it's like, yeah, no, 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 you're not, you're not going to get this one. I am in London on Wednesday and I'm going to call every single housing agency and maybe I'll find something in. Maybe it'll be my lucky day. And also, I was getting so many lucky signs about this house. And that's really pissed me off as well. I was getting so many, like, I was seeing 111 everywhere. I was sat in the coffee shop and there was someone reading a housing booklet. And I was like, oh, that's a good sign. Maybe all of these were signs that it's like something's coming, but it wasn't that one. Who knows, okay? Who knows? And then the other thing that's upset me. Sorry for this minor rant. This will be a short rant. I'm looking at the time now. I have to end this rant at 16.18. That's the rule. Other thing that's pissed me off. I have bought a bag, right? And it's a nice bag. It's a really nice bag. It's like, kind of like a bucket bag type thing, like a shoulder bag. And it's massive. It's big. It fits everything in. It's from this brand called Gnarly. I'm going to Google it now, actually, to make sure it is a good brand. It was one of those TK TK Maxx purchases. And TK Maxx always, I don't know, you know, like... I'm never sure, you know, when they're saying how good something is and it's a bit tricky because you're like, is it good? Is it really good? Like, you could definitely be underselling this to me, like, overselling this to me. Okay, no, we're looking at their website. We're seeing, like, 90. Like, that that could be all right. It could be okay. I mean, it's a really cute bag and I really like it. And I think I've decided I'm going to keep it because all of the other bags that I was going to get for Bali, like, for travelling, you know, when you want, like, I don't have a big enough bag to put everything in and I don't want to bring any like expensive bags or anything like that. And so I bought myself it. And you know, when you really like it and you're showing people to really like, be like, that's a lovely purchase. I love that. And you show everyone and they're like, no. And I was already in a shit mood. And that just really pushed me over the edge. Because I was like, what do you mean you don't like it? What don't you like about it? And everyone tells me it's very impractical. I don't think it's impractical. I think it's lovely. And they're like, it will not age well. And I'm like, it's a 25 quid bag. Like, it's not, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't age well. What if I just want it for this holiday, okay? It was meant to be 90 quid. I got it for 24 pounds because TK Maxx is my best friend. It was actually 28, but I'm just going to lie and say it was 24 because that makes me feel better about my life decisions. And I think it's great. It's olive green that's going to match my water bottle. It's big enough to fit everything in, it's got pockets, it's got three different straps, people, three different straps, and I'm convincing myself more and more, I'm looking at it now, and I love it, so I'm gonna keep it, I've done this thing with the barley shopping, which is kind of jokes, you know when you buy yourself things online, I do this all the time, I buy myself, actually, I say I do this all the time, I never ever shop online, but when the rare occurrence I do, which is usually because something is coming, like barley, for example, when I do this, the thing that I do is I like I'll buy a load of clothes. I'll spend like a hundred quid. I'll be like, you know what? We'll buy all these things, and I'm not talking like bulk orders from Sheen and bad places like that. Like I'll spend a hundred pounds, but it'll be more like quality pieces, and I'll buy it. And I'll be and I'll say to myself, I'll be like, Bella, don't worry. We are going to send majority of this back. So just buy it, so you can send it back because it's like a home shopping experience. Then and you're not going to keep it all, so it doesn't matter. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Doesn't matter. And then it all arrives, and I love it all. And then it never goes back. And that's what's happened this time. I looked by it. I bought loads of stuff. I loved everything apart from two bikinis because, fucking hell, who was going to be able to wear them? Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. And 
everything else is staying. And I'm now realising I just lie to myself. It's like I can't admit to myself that I'm going to spend all that money. And so rather than admitting it to myself, I just tell myself I'm going to send it back. It's like in stages, stages of denial. I buy it all and I'm like, I'm sending it back, don't stress. It arrives, I'm like, sending it back, don't stress. I try it on, I'm like, ooh, Oh, now that's nice. That's really nice. That's a good purchase there, Bella. Well done. Then I'm like, well, really, you do need all of this, really, don't you? Yes, you do. And then I'm kind of like, we always knew you were going to keep it. I always knew I was going to keep it. And that's okay, too. We're allowed to treat ourselves every now and again. It's fine. She probably got onto the life update after my nine minute rant to you all about my life crisis at the moment. I'm literally sat just hugging myself. This is. This is not the way I wanted Saturday to go, but it is how we are today, and that's fine. And also, this podcast is meant to be a little insight into my life at the moment, and this, being honest, is my life. This is my life, and no, I'm being so dramatic. It's just been a shit two hours. I've had a lovely day. Let's do a life update. What have I done this week? So... Today, I had a proper touristy day with my sister. It was lovely. She's come back from the Azores because she was doing her diving qualification there. And she's come back. And so we went into town. We got a coffee. Right, we were discussing this. Why is coffee so expensive now? When she was abroad, one coffee cost 50 cents. 50 cents, people. 50 cents. I spent £3.50 on an iced latte, which is basically just milky bean water. Milk isn't that expensive. You're not telling me that coffee is that expensive. Why do we have to spend £3.50 on a cup of coffee? Because we're having this conversation. It's kind of weird. It Like, if coffee was cheaper, let's say ev- everywhere just sold coffee for, like, just a basic coffee. We're not talking something fancy here. Just, like, a basic coffee. £1.50. Yes, that is cheaper. But more people would be able to afford it. It would become more part of your habit. And then I'd probably spend more on it. Because... Even though I wouldn't, like, right now, I probably don't go out for coffee that much because it's, like, £3.50, £4. But if it was cheaper, I'd probably go every day because I'd be like, it's £1.50, it really doesn't matter. But £1.50 times seven is, like, nine quid on coffee once you've got the 50p's in there. That's way more. Right now, I only spend £3.50 on coffee, but £1.50 a day, I'd be so happy doing. And this is the thing. I wish we could do that instead because, actually, maybe I don't because I'd spend all my money, but I do think it would be a better way to do it because... My bank account can't hack these £4, £5 drinks. It's so stressful. But then back to what we ended up doing. So we went for a walk and we got... We went to get the bag. The bag... I have ranted about the bag. I think the bag is lovely. Whether or not I decide to keep it and I just think it's lovely because I feel sad right now and I want to buy something, I don't know. We will decide this tomorrow. And then we decided to go on a big, big walk and we walked all the way down to... Like, we went... There's this walk in Scarborough called, like, the Marine Drive and it's literally... A drive that goes around the marina. <laughs> That's such a... I never put two and two together, but yeah. You kind of... It just goes all around the cliff face and it's really pretty and it links the two beaches. So we decided to walk up to the castle and then down and we walked all the way around there. And then we got an ice cream, which was delicious. And then we went back home. Well, no, we didn't. Then we went to the harbour bar, got an ice cream from there. Delicious. I got banana flavour. Regret. Instant Regret. I don't know, it wasn't what I was fancying. Uh, Nini got strawberry and I had some of hers and that was what I was fancying. I never go with what I really want because I always second guess myself and I think that's my biggest issue in life. I second guess myself too much and that is irritating. But then we moved on and we went to where my boyfriend works and we saw him and we got a drink and then we walked all the way back up to the top 
of Scarborough, basically. Where I live is literally on top of the biggest hill in Scarborough. And Scarborough is on an entire... It, Scarborough is a hill. Because, obviously, it's down to the sea. It's all a hill. And I live at the very top of the big hill. So it was a fucking nightmare to get back up. I was so hot and sweaty and gross and sticky. And I just... Oh, I feel like that's maybe what put me in a bad mood. Have I had lunch yet today? Please don't tell me I've just been hangry and emotional. Please don't tell me. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Maybe I need to go make a sandwich. Maybe that will make this podcast better. But other things that I've done this week are... Okay, I know I said I got a job with the master's thing and it all worked out perfectly. It has worked out perfectly, but the job thing hasn't worked out. So it's ended up I... Like, we, me and the company I was working for decided that it was probably best off to just come back to them next September when I was in a better headspace to work for them, which is definitely the right decision. I think I would have been, like, trying to stretch myself too far and it would have been too stressful and I just wouldn't have enjoyed it and I wouldn't have been able to give them my full attention and it's not fair and I am glad that it's worked out this way. I feel relief, to be honest, that it's okay. So that's a mini other life update. But other than that, this week has just been a lot of work. Obviously, I have my final presentation of the week on Tuesday. So that's very, very, very exciting. I'm just excited to be able to go on holiday and start the next thing. If I could get this housing thing sorted in the next week, I'd honestly be borderline ecstatic. I can't, I just don't really want to go on holiday with the stress of it over my head. But anyway, we're not talking about that. It's not interesting. So then also, what else have I done this week? I've been doing a lot of walking, a lot of like calm, trying to stay mindful because I've been pretty stressed this week. I think I've just been pretty anxious about everything that's going on. But also, when I say I've been pretty anxious about everything going on, I've also been very calm about everything going on. I have felt stressed, but I've also felt like this overwhelming calmness. Maybe it's just ebbs and flows. I think that's the thing I'm realising with stress. It's ebbs and flows, isn't it? I think I've got burnt today because there is a definite tinge of pink to my skin, which is worrying. Very worrying to be exact. But yeah, this week has been a good week. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, I feel like I just feel flat. And so when I'm like, it's been a good week, it doesn't sound realistic. It has been a good week. I've done some lovely things. I've been swimming so many times. Me and my boyfriend went paddleboarding and it was hilarious. And and then me and my mum also went paddleboarding and I met my boyfriend's mum in the sea whilst we were paddleboarding and that was really funny and we all went on the paddleboard so that was fun. I think I've been doing a lot of like really lovely holiday things this week but overwhelming is just this kind of anxiety about what's going on. I wish I was better at compartmentalising stress. This is what I'm learning about and trying to focus on at the moment is the ability to compartmentalise things in your life. I cannot search on Zoopla every single minute of every single day I need to search in the morning, give myself a limit and then be like, right, I haven't found one yet. I'll look tomorrow. And eventually one will come up. And I think this is the thing I need to stop focusing on the stress of everything. I need to stop like letting it go into every part of my life. And I know I've spoken about this before, but it's so hard to listen to yourself, isn't it? Other news, I've been reading a new book that I'm not going to talk about now. I'm going to talk about it in the new things I have done this week, because what other new things have I done? Has this been, I don't feel like this week has been a new week type of thing. It's been a very, it's been a week that passed very fast, which is a bit unnerving when that happens. It always kind of throws me off and I feel like, I don't really know where this week has gone. I feel like, I don't know what I've done and it's kind of off-putting to be honest, but we should probably move on to the topic of this week's podcast, which this week we are talking about friendships. So the topic of this week's podcast is friendships. I think friendships are a really interesting conversation to have because they're so different for everyone involved and they're so 
like they're not very interchange they are interchangeable we all have very similar friendships and that's the kind of also an interesting conversation to have about how similar relationships are despite how different people are but I think I think with friendships it's such an interesting thing to have a podcast about I'm not going to be able to cover everything by the way you guys I asked for some like what pointers do you guys want what areas should I talk about and you guys gave some really interesting points but like each one of these points could have their own topic in and of themselves so there's not going to be everything but I really liked the points that a lot of you put forward and I think they're going to make a very interesting episode and I'm excited about it I think the thing with friendships is there's so much, like with any relationship, there's so much societal pressure put on them. But in a weird way, it's more than any relationship. Think about it this way. I was listening to Florence Gibbons' podcast on friendships and they made a really good point. I don't know if I've mentioned this before and I'm sorry if I have. Sometimes I forget what I've already spoken about. But they were speaking about how friendships are an odd relationship to have because in any relationship you kind of have this like thing in the back of your head of like, this could end at any moment and I would have to move on and it would be okay to cut you out of my life. Like, do you know what I mean? Like relationships can end and you can go forward and find new people and you can progress in that way. But the thing with friendships is is you're kind of expected to stay together forever. There's this concept that a friendship has to last forever, that you guys are best friends forever and it's really built upon in the mainstream media and in everything really. Think about all the books that you've ever read. Think about the films you've watched, the concept of friendship you have in your mind is something that has to last forever and there is something beautiful about that and thinking that this person is going to consistently be in your life there's no reason for them to leave but I also think it breeds this attitude towards friendship and that that we are unable to let people go when they're not healthy for us like if it was a relationship we'd break up with them and that's a suitable ending to something you're not happy with but we are so uncomfortable with this idea of a friendship breakup because it in itself feels uncomfortable the ideas surrounding like why you guys should not be friends anymore are very kind of like uncomfortable to talk about and people don't like discussing it the idea of having a friendship breakup and leaving toxic friendships I think is something that is starting to be talked about more it is something that's coming up are coming up more in our day-to-day conversation and we're all more aware of it and of the impact that a toxic friendship can have in your life but I think it's still there's still this expectation when you make friends that they're going to be around forever. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's bad. But I do think it's un, unreasonable. It's not unreasonable, maybe not unreasonable, but kind of like, really? Like, do they have to be around forever? And I think it makes us set really high expectations on the people around us. And it means it's so much harder to let things go when things aren't going to plan. Because when things aren't going to plan, and I'm not saying that like, if something doesn't work with a friend, you should instantly cut them out. I mean, like, if you guys fall out and you've been trying to make it work or you guys grow apart and you're just not that good friends anymore, we're all very uncomfortable with the idea of just let, like letting that friendship drift a little bit, letting it be not as influential in your life anymore, letting them not be as, like prominent in your life and we're all uncomfortable with that fact because we're so used to everything having to last forever especially friendships especially friendships I think one of the strangest things about friendships in our time I mean I have had quite I feel like I've never had in friendship wise a very solid friendship group that's lasted forever I've had like I tend to collect individuals rather than create um, rather than have a massive group and I think I like the way I've done this because I've created like some really nice people in my life. But sometimes I do find myself craving that bigger friendship group, that bigger group of people to kind of hang out with and having more people in your life. But that will come and I know that will come. But I think it's meant that I have a kind of 
different relationship to friendships than those people who were in a massive friendship group. I've never had that type of thing of like, I fell out with them and then I fell out with my entire friendship group because of it. Because I've never really had a set friendship group. I've just had like individual friends and like they were my friends and I just would hang out with them individually. And I don't know why this is, I think it's because I'd kind of collect different friends from different areas that I'd be in. So like I'd have friends on my course at uni, friends who I live with at uni, like friends from home, friends from like different areas that I'd been in or different clubs that I'd been in rather than we all went to the same primary school secondary school sixth form we've all been friends for like 20 years 20 years that would mean be friends since we were two to be fair some friendship groups have been I've never had that big friendship group ever sometimes I find myself being a bit jealous of it I can't lie because I'd love to go on like these big like holidays that they all go on or they like it's an instant friendship group that you've always going to have and I think when you like get older that's a really lovely thing to to do but I also think in having these big friendship groups sometimes they're not that healthy anymore sometimes people aren't that happy in them they're just in them by habit and I think then I'm glad that I have what I have because I know everyone in my life I really love and I know I'm not forced to be in anything that I don't want to be and I know that I'm surrounded by people that I really really appreciate so I guess there's pros and cons of both really isn't there I think one of the biggest things around friendships at the moment that I think is something that we're all becoming so aware of and it's not just even in friendships I'm just going to plug my iPad in because I don't want it to die I wrote down all the points that you guys said that we should talk about so that's just there to check I don't go off track I think one of the biggest things about friendships at the moment or this idea of friendships is codependency of friendships I think codependency is something that I have always really struggled with. I think I have this fear that people are going to leave or this fear. I used to have this fear of doing things on my own and I've really broken out of that now and I've really tried really hard to focus on being on my own and being able to kind of like I don't need people to do things with me. I want people to do things with me because if you come from a place of needing people to do things with you, then it's quite a like a, you'll accept the very bare minimum. But if you want people to do it, if they don't do it, it's not the end of the world and you can create an experience that you really enjoy. I mentioned this on last week's podcast. But I think I did have a very unhealthy relationship with codependency. So codependency is where you're both equally as dependent on each other, but it's kind of in an unhealthy way. So it's kind of like a relationship where all of those boundaries that you have with the people around you have melted or that person have melted away. So you kind of mold into the same person. You become dependent on each other. And I think it's always stemmed from the point of you guys really enjoy each other's company and it's really like you love being around each other you love their friendship I think it the root of it is quite a loving point and I think sometimes we forget this in codependent relationships it's really easy to note them and then write them off and instantly want distance and like like oh this is so bad this is terrible but the strain of that like the root of the codependent relationship is often a lot of love and a lot of care and a lot of really enjoying each other's company and it's a slow molding into being kind of like enmeshed in one another and I was just reading an article on codependency and I, I didn't know what this word enmesh, I can't say it, enmeshment, enmeshment, it sounds like a weird word to say and I didn't know what this word meant before but it means that both of you have lost your individual identities to the friendship so you share your opinions, emotions, major decisions and needs which means you can't really engage in who you are as a person and that's where codependency becomes dangerous but I also think codependency is kind of like bread in our society it's like and maybe not bread maybe that's too strong of a word but it's like oh I'm going to the toilet do you want to come with me like this idea from such a young age I remember like asking like 
as girls, you'd be like, oh, do you want to come to the bathroom with me? I'm going for a wee. Like, you'd all go together and you'd go do that together. And you'd go and be like, oh, I'm just going to go get a drink. Do you want to get a drink with me? It's this idea of, like, not being able to do things on your own. I'd always invite people to do things with me because I was nervous about doing it on my own. And I think this is, like, when I was in year three. This is when I was, like, seven or eight. So this need for or this ability for codependent behaviour is really, like, kind of, like, rooted in who I was as a person. And it's taken a lot of, like, working on to stop it happening, because I know that I can become codependent on people, I can become quite, like, I used to be able to become quite dependent on people, and I'd really let them into my life, because I loved hanging around them so much, and I used to find it so much fun, but in doing that, you kind of lose touch with who you are as a person, and that's where it becomes dangerous, because you're not able to fully experience who you are, you're not able to grow fully, and you are, as you are dependent on them, it limits your experience of the world, because you both, you might, like, they might get jealous if you spend time with another person, or you might get jealous if they spend time with another person, you stop seeing yourself as individuals, you start seeing yourself almost like an item, which is so obvious in relationships, you know, that couple that can never be on their own, they always have to be with each other, and it's so obvious to match there, but we're so unable to match it in our own relationships, and I think this is where codependency is important to acknowledge within yourself. I think the thing with codependency, though, it's like, it stems from a, like a place of love. But once you notice it, it doesn't mean you guys have to cut each other off or anything like that. It's not, it's not the same as a toxic friend. It's like codependency in its purest sense, I guess, is this need for one another to go about your daily lives. And that, it stems in love. Its roots are in love. And I think cutting it off straight away, there's no need for that. You don't need to cut it off. You just need to start reestablishing your own boundaries within each other. You need to, not within each other, like your own boundaries within the friendship. You need to start reestablishing yourself in the friendship, which probably means gaining a bit of distance. But all of that can happen with really clear communication because the chances are, if you are codependent in the relationship and if they are also feeling codependent in the relationship, if you both fully rely on yourself very heavily to do this, then to like cope with life then there's nothing wrong with having an open and honest communication about that and conversation, sitting down and being like, look, I love you to pieces and you love me to pieces, but I think we've started to do a bit too much together and the blurring between me and you is kind of non-existent and I kind of want to get to know me a bit more again because I think it's important for who we are. So tomorrow I'm going to go to this and I'm going to go on my own. It's not that I don't want you there. I just want to do this on my own, which is a different way of perspective. And it's so important to have that clear communication beside it. Because if you all of a sudden decide that you don't want them in your life anymore, that you don't want to be codependent, that you want to just establish yourself and you just cut off everything, you just fully cut off the relationship, ghost them, don't explain anything that's going on. That can be really, really painful that can really, really hurt because they don't know what's going on. They don't know why what happened has happened. They don't know what's happening. They don't know why you don't like them anymore. They don't know all of these thoughts going through their head of like, what did I do wrong? Why don't you like me anymore? Have I changed? Has something happened? It's it's a lot of stress and anxiety for a situation that you have acknowledged has happened, but you haven't communicated it to them. And the chances are they'll agree with you. And I think this is the thing when you find yourself in a codependent relationship is... 
often that's not the same as a toxic relationship. A codependent relationship is just where you've kind of, you've become too close as friends in the way of you've blurred your own boundaries of who you are in a friendship. And so it's really important if you do find yourself in a codependent relationship, as I said, to communicate what you're going through and how you're feeling. Communicate your needs and then they can respect that and respond and probably feel the exact same. I think that's the first thing in a friendship is kind of recognising when you're not. And I think situations such as moving to university, putting yourself in challenging zones where you're totally on your own breeds codependency because you have no one else to be dependent on and if you find someone who's kind of like similar to you then you can both become very easily very dependent on each other because it gives you both that sense of security it gives you both that sense of need and in that moment when you're experiencing so much change might not be the worst thing in the entire world, you know, like, I think there's bigger fish to fry that's going on, but I think once you do notice it within yourself, it's taking, like, some action to put that distance between you and them again, not in a kind of, like, I want space from you, in a, I want to re-establish who I am, and I think that's a very clear difference that you need to make, it's a very clear thing you need to recognise within yourself, because you could very easily just ghost them, and that's gonna hurt them, so yeah, That would be my advice for establishing whether or not a relationship is codependent or not. I think moving on from codependent relationship is kind of like the next sign of a friendship not working. So I think a friendship cannot work because you stop establishing the boundaries within each other and you become jealous of each other, spending time with other people, but that roots in love. A toxic friendship is kind of like begins when you start to notice when a friend isn't a friend anymore. And I think the first step in noticing when a friend isn't a friend anymore is kind of like noticing whether or not you have a one-sided friendship. Now, a one-sided friendship is a very tricky... It's a very tricky experience because often one-sided friendships stem in yourself. I think it comes to do, like, when I've been in the one-sided friendships and I felt like I've been doing all the running and all the things, it stems from, like, a... I don't really value myself, I don't value who I am, I don't value my own worth that strongly and I value theirs a lot more, I value their time more than my own time and I think this is the thing, there's kind of like a one-sided friendship, the first time I'm going to come at it from if you are the person putting in all the effort and then we're going to talk about if you're the person not reciprocating any effort because you need a little talking to if that is you and we, it happens but yeah anyway we're going to start with the one-sided if you're, if you feel like So if you feel like you're the only person putting in the effort, I think this can be really demoralising because you don't know why what's going on is going on. And also you start to like second guess yourself and you also start to subconsciously do more because I think you start craving their attention more because they're not giving it to you. And it's such a toxic mindset to get into. But if you find yourself in an unhealthy, like one-sided friendship, it can feel really shit and really isolating because you start second-guessing who you are as a person. You start questioning everything that you're going through. You start questioning everything that you're doing. You start trying to do more and more and more to gain their approval about what you're doing. And I think this is why one-sided friendships are so dangerous. And quite a lot of us now, if you kind of like into self-care and self-growth and knowing who you are as a person, we've all like getting that kind of like the whole purpose for all of that is getting to know who you are as a person so that you're never really in these positions where you are in a one-sided friendship but it does happen and I think the easiest one-sided friendships to slip into are the ones where it wasn't always one-sided because let's be honest no one's really going to get into a friendship that where they are the only one doing all of the chasing for the friendship no one's going to do that that doesn't happen it normally happens more organically that you guys were really close, something changes, time, something happens, and slowly but surely the friendship starts to ebb away, but they 
but you still really want it to happen. So you carry on putting in all the effort. You try and make all the effort and slowly but surely you realise that they're not really doing it either and that starts to make you second guess yourself. And I think the biggest thing with all of these friendship issues is communication. I think if you find yourself in a one-sided friendship, first off... (laughs) It's not the greatest place to be because it's going to really affect your self-worth and how you see yourself because your entire focus will start to like become this negativity thing that they're not really giving you any attention and that will be what you start to only think about and I think that's really sad and it's quite like a dangerous thought process to get into because it's really hard to get out of and it's constantly fueled by this negative reinforcement that they're not enjoying your company and when they don't enjoy your company which they're going to carry on doing you start doing more and more and more and then that kind of like plays into their hand because they kind of see it as like a kind of I guess it's a bit of an ego trip isn't it like you're putting more and more effort into them they think they're greater and greater and greater and greater and then they don't want to spend time with you less and less because they kind of enjoy the power trip and I think the first thing to do if you notice yourself in a one-sided relationship like one-sided friendship is to First off, evaluate why is this friendship one-sided? If they're going through something right now where they can't really reciprocate the level of attention or level of energy that you're giving them, have an understanding about that. Maybe have a conversation with yourself about that. Kind of gain what's going on. Maybe first step question is like, what's going on? Why don't you want to hang out with me? Or why don't you want to do all of this? I think the first step in all of these like friendship issues is this kind of oh, this communication. Because ultimately you were friends and the root of your friendship there was something there that you both really enjoyed and that you both really enjoyed hanging out with each other. And I think it's a shame to just let that go down the drain. But I think first off, kind of understanding if they're going through something and this is what they kind of expected you, they kind of told you this would happen. So that makes it more understandable. And then I think the next step of kind of, if they're, if you've had a conversation around this one-sided friendship around what's going on and they still don't really kind of like, make any extra effort it's time to have a serious think about that friendship it's time to maybe consider that they're not the person that you thought they were and this is where it all feeds into that idea that friendships have to last forever and that friendships have to always be there and you always have to do it and I'm not saying you have to cut them off but contemplating whether or not that friendship has changed over the course of the past few years and is that friendship what you want anymore And it is really hard realising that someone isn't who they used to be or realising that someone now who used to be really great for you is maybe a bit toxic. But I think it's kind of understandable to know that people's effects on you will change because you will change. You're not the person you used to be and they're not the person you used to be. And maybe if you're a little bit different, now over the years that's extrapolated and now you're massively different and now you don't have that much of a beneficial impact of each other. And I think it's okay to walk away when these things happen. It doesn't mean that by ending the friendship that everything that you had is gone it just means you're now protecting yourself for the years to come and you can still always look back on your friendship and be grateful for it and it's this is why it's always best I think if you do find yourself in a friendship that you want to end kind of ending on like good terms if you know what I mean ending on terms that kind of make it not awkward make it okay make it somewhere that in the future you might still be able to talk to each other and have a friendship again because this is the thing with like a friendship breakup or realising that your guys are kind of like drifting apart from each other, is that you can always drift back together again. There's no reason why you can't, I think, unless they're toxic, that's a bit different. But let's say that you do think it's a one-sided friendship and it's just because you guys are drifting at the moment and you can't fit each other in each other's lives. That is okay. You will find 
a new people to hang out with, there will be other people, you have yourself, like life will be okay. And I think it's this understanding that also you could drift back again together. It's an ebb and flow, friendships and ebb and flows, all relationships are ebbs and flows of different types of energy. And I think it's okay for it not always to be the same all the time. And there's that, if you have an understanding of that, it kind of takes the pressure off. And I think as well, that open communication, you understand when it's not the one anymore and you kind of like, look, I can't see you as much as I could before. I still really appreciate your company and I really look forward to like spending more time with you in the future or something like that. Having that open and honest communication leaves that door open for the fu- for the future relationship if you guys decide to become friends again. But I think, as I said, this idea... It's kind of different when someone becomes toxic. When someone becomes someone that they're not good or happy to have in your life anymore, then I think that's when you need to have a serious conversation with yourself about why you want them in your life. Do you want them in your life just because you're used to having them there? Or do you want them in your life because you think that your life is better off with them in it? Do you want it because you actually enjoy their company or do you think you need your comp- their company? Are you just too unadjusted to life without them in it do you know what I mean it's you need to start digging deep about why do you want them in your life what is it about them that you cannot let go of because if you think they're being toxic if you're leaving every encounter with them and just feeling really shitty about yourself then that's not the way to be that's not the way to go that's not what we're here for that's it's not a healthy place to put yourself in because it's going to make you feel really stressed and anxious about everything that's going on and if you constantly put yourself in these situations where you're surrounded by toxic people that's going to lower your mood it's going to lower everything about yourself and it's going to mean that you attract more negativity into your life you're gonna your whole outlook on life will never be as positive and I think that's why toxic friendships are so important to let go of but let's talk about friendship breakups and letting go of friendships because that is fucking hard that hurts because cutting off a friendship breakup, I think sometimes hurts more than cutting off a real relationship because often there's so much more time and effort invested in it. And often it hurts more because you never really get that clear closure. I think, as I said, with relationships, it's so understood that they could end, that there's so much about like breakups and getting through breakups and breakup conversations and everything like that. But there's so little about friendships. There's so little about friendship breakups and that's what makes it so tricky. And I think when something does end, there's so little support out there for you to understand what went on, went on. And there's also so little closure about what happens because there's no there's no forced closure. There's this idea that you can just cut people off and that's it and you don't need it because you guys weren't romantically involved that there's no pressure for people to have that open conversation and that's really hard and it hurts, it really hurts and often when you have a friendship breakup, not only do you pull away that friendship but quite often there's a whole social structure that's associated with that person, their friends that you've grown accustomed to, their family that you've grown accustomed to, their texts, their interaction in your lives and it can be so hard. But ultimately, if they're not good for you, if they're not putting you in a good headspace, if they're not making you into the best person that you need to be, if they're impacting you I mean first off we're always going to have an open and honest conversation about this because it's important to and I think quite often we overlook the need to have that open communication with the friendship I think if we all want to try and grow into our best selves and be a better person I think the least we can do is communicate when we're not happy with something but after you've communicated that and it's still going wrong, I think it's time to start limiting people's impact on you. Start putting a few boundaries in place, limiting 
their presence in your life. And I think if you still like, if you first tell them something's wrong and they don't fix it, if you then limit their presence in your life and it's still not going great and they still can't kind of realize what's going wrong, it's then when you think about ending the friendship altogether. And I think in order to end a friendship, when you realize that something isn't going to plan, it's really hard to do this, but you should say it to their face. Because it's not fair for them to just to go around waiting. Why are you not replying to my text? Why are you not telling me what's going on? Why are you meeting people but not telling me you're meeting people? Why do I feel like everyone's sneaking around? It's not fair. It's not fair on their mental. It's not fair on your own mental health. Even though they have been toxic, I think everyone deserves to know that. And I think going forward, if we could all be a bit more like that, it would be massively helpful to everyone involved. So that would be my advice for if you're cutting off a toxic friendship is... Explain to them what's going wrong and why you don't want that friendship in your kind of life anymore. Being honest about it, kind of like saying, look, thanks, it's not that I don't like you anymore. It is that I don't like your opinions on this. I don't know what it is, but I think you need to have that communication because then at least when you see each other, you know what's gone on. There's not this idea that you guys are seeing each other and there's this big unsaid thing that you guys aren't talking about because that can be really fucking awkward. can make you feel really stressed as well. I don't want you all like hiding around your town where you live and try not to see this one person because you're scared about what's going to happen we don't want any of that we want to be able to talk about things openly and I think that's one of the most important things but it is hard and it is going to hurt but sometimes you're going to have to do it because not everyone is always going to be healthy for you all the time I feel like it's something that we really need to learn because we manage how much we would all grow and surround ourselves with good people if we did this, if we realise that not everyone has to last forever, including friendships. And I'm not saying friendships aren't great and that they shouldn't last forever. They should. If they can, it'd be incredible. Not they should. They can and it's incredible, but they're not always going to. And that's okay too. But now we should probably move on to all the new things that I've done this point week. Okay, so all the new things that I've done this week, this is such a fun little podcast section because it always makes me try and focus it when I'm in the week of like doing different things and pushing myself out of my comfort zone. But the new things I've done this week, probably paddle boarding, guys. Actually very, very fun. I don't know why, but I was kind of off putting about it. I just thought, mm, maybe not for me. I thought it would be a bit boring, but it's actually not. It's quite fun. It's quite, I just know, you just get to see all the things at the bottom of the sea. At the bottom of the sea, I'm acting like I was really deep. I was probably about waist deep and there was nothing else to see apart from seaweed and sand but it was a fun experience nonetheless I enjoyed it other things are I've been reading this really good book called it didn't start with you how inherited family trauma shapes who we are and how to end the cycle and guys it's so interesting and I cannot wait I cannot wait to record an episode on it because the things I've learned are mental if you have a library go and see this is in your library because honestly it's one of the most it's such an interesting concept I'll read you the blurb so it goes depression anxiety chronic pain phobias obsessive thoughts the evidence is compelling the root of these difficulties may reside in the traumas of our parents grandparents and even great-grandparents the latest research affirms that traumatic experience is passed on to future generations and that this emotional inheritance hidden in everything from our gene expression to everyday language plays a greater role in our health than ever previously understood Building on the work of leading experts in neuroscience and post-traumatic stress, Mark Wolin has developed a pioneering approach to identifying and breaking these inherited family patterns. Having worked with individuals and groups on a therapeutic level for more than 20 years, it didn't start with you. It's his accessible, pragmatic and transformative guide to a method that has helped thousands of people reclaim their lives. It's so interesting and I love the way that it's written because the first part is kind of explaining the science behind you and it very slowly but gradually moves into a more workbook style to kind of start unpacking things within yourself that you didn't know were there. It's really well written and I'm enjoying it more than I am that inner child book. That inner child book I'm finding a bit 
I don't know, finding a bit boring, to be honest. I think it's not that it's badly written or anything like that. I think it's a very well-written book. It's just, I think the trauma, I, that's more interesting to me right now. And I know the inner child is very important, but I think they kind of both get at similar things. It's healing that relationship with your parents. Not that I have a bad relationship with my parents, but it's like gaining a better understanding of that relationship with your parents and how that's impacted you. And I think this one is kind of explaining it in a more interesting way. Well, I'm finding it more interesting. So would highly recommend that. Also, I watched that Woodstock documentary and I really liked it. I thought it was mental. Like they did so many things wrong. So many things went wrong. And me and my boyfriend were watching it. And we were just like, why did you give an angry crowd of people 100,000 candles and set them on fire? Like, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? It was just such like a silly idea. Such a silly idea. I think so easy to get lost in what could be rather than focusing what on what is. Get lost in the potential of an activity rather than looking at the pragmatic, realistic version of the activity. I think that's really interesting. But that would be my top thing to watch this week that I really enjoyed. Other things that I've been doing and listen to another interesting podcast about the diary of the CEO. I know I probably talk about this every week. I listen to it every week. So that's probably why I talk about it every week. But I like I've begun listening to this week's episode. And it was an interesting one because he had a person on who was talking about the impact of genetics on your lifestyle on on your life and on your kind of like your life's purpose and where you're going and how important your genetic map is and I found it interesting to hear about genetics again because obviously the book I'm reading it didn't start with you about inherited family trauma is all about genetics as well and it's about how I'm starting to kind of gain a better understanding about how I always knew in our genetics from like obviously the field that I'm in in science and everything how important genetics were and who we are but kind of also how much it determines who we are I'm fine I find that such an interesting idea it's such an interesting idea and I'm enjoying learning more about that so oh another thing that I started watching last night which is documentary about how psychedelics improve depression and mental health and that sounded that was really good it's like a three-part documentary and I am enjoying it the guy that's on it was a guest on diary of a ceo and I know I kind of made the little link and I was like oh this is interesting so yeah also enjoyed listening to that but I should probably leave you now as we've been here for have we been here for an hour? The other section, this is five minutes. The other section was like 25. That's like 30. This is 45. God, that's a while. I've been keeping you a long time. But fingers crossed, next time I speak to you, I will have a house. If I'm not, I apologize. Oh my God, this next podcast episode, not this one, not tomorrow's one, next Sunday's, is the last one before I'm in Bali. <gasps> the flight confirmations came through the other day and I honestly got so fucking excited. I am excited. I'm so excited. I'm going to go make myself a snack though because... I feel like I am hungry. Maybe I've been hungry this entire time. I really hope I didn't have an emotional breakdown because I was just hungry. That's definitely something I would do. But anyway, I hope you're having a lovely week. Make sure that you're following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. And if you have any questions or you want to be part of the Q&As, make sure you are following me because I usually post the Q&A answer box on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So that's kind of where I do that. And also, if you're able to rate and review the podcast, give it five stars that would massively help me it helps more people find me and means that we can rise up the podcast charts because now there are 345 of us here each week guys we are growing and if all of us share it with one person then we are going to double in numbers and that'd be so fucking exciting but yeah i hope you're having a lovely week and i can't wait to speak to you soon thanks for being here love you bye